1: Star Trek Picard's second season offers up many changes amidst its classic Star Trek time travel plot and focus on John Luke's own personal demons. It has been a rollercoaster ride with the crew of the La Sirena. The appearances of old favourites such as Q and Guinan and a surprise cameo in the finale all serve to tie the show back to its next generation roots whilst exploring new ground which no show has gone before. Now ending with the successful launching of the Europa mission, and the crew of the Lazarrena returning to the 24th century, there are a lot of loose plot threads dangling there that haven’t really been resolved by the finale. And with new relationships and old friendships being rekindled, there is definitely a lot for the characters to deal with moving into the third season. So with that in mind then, and a lot of spoilers ahead, I’m Ellie with Trek Culture, here with 10 plot lines that season 3 of Star Trek Picard should address. Number 10. The Borg Joining Starfleet The Borg have long since been a thorn in the side of Starfleet, ever since Q brought the Enterprise D in contact with the Collective in Season 2 of The Next Generation. The Federation have continuously faced off against the Borg's attempts at assimilation with dogged resolve. The crew of the USS Voyager in particular have had many encounters with the Borg during their long journey through the Delta Quadrant. In Star Trek Picard, the Borg Queen was a surprise threat that has been effectively neutralised by. By the Confederation in the alternate timeline. The crew of the La Sirena relied on the Borg Queen's processing power to travel back to 2024. Eventually, Dr. Agnes Girati assumes the position of the Borg Queen and departs Earth after saving Annika's life to seek out the Borg Collective. Back in the 25th century, the Borg has made contact and requested to join the Federation. The Collective then requested Picard specifically, before attempting to seize control of the USS Stargazer. Now, it was eventually, revealed that this was done in the hopes of minimising damages from the Trans Warp Hub, and as such the Borg were granted provisional membership into the Federation by Admiral Picard. And I guess only time will tell whether the Borg were as altruistic as Gerati had initially intended. Number 9. The Fate of the Romulans The Romulans are one of the Federation's oldest enemies, going back to the era of Archer's struggles with a conspiracy of them reunifying with the Vulcans to Cisco's cooperation with them on the USS Defiant. The Romulans have truly remained a threat and notable presence in the Alpha Quadrant in their tense relationships with other powers such as the Federation, the Klingons, and the Dominion. Upon the conclusion of the Dominion War, the Romulans and Federation were engrossed in a cold war that threatened to bubble over when Shinzon ambushed the USS Enterprise E. When this conflict was resolved, there were hints that peace could be achieved. This was put to a test when a supernova had caused the destruction of Romulus, which led to the Romulans reaching out to the Federation for help. The fallout of this, alongside the synth revolt in the Utopia Planitia, ramped up tensions between the powers. Season 1 of Picard saw the Romulans infiltrate Starfleet with Commodore O, whilst the Jat Fash were working behind the scenes to thwart a synthetic prophecy. This was thwarted by the efforts from the crew of La Sirena and supported by Starfleet by way of Riker. The Romulans then retreated and was poised for future conflicts. However, there was no mention of the Romulans or the fallout of the events of Season 1, and as such we are still waiting in anticipation for the next saga in the Romulan story. Number 8 – Fallout from the Dominion War In Season 1, it was revealed that Admiral John luc Picard had resigned from Starfleet in protest as a result of the Federation withdrawal of help to the Romulans following the Utopia Planitia incident. Following that, Admiral Clancy had also demonstrated a level of pragmatism and more isolationist attitudes when pressed about the refusal of help to the Romulans. Now, writer Michael Chabon has stated that he wished to include more overt references to the Dominion War as the reason for Starfleet's more isolationist stance. Now, that does make sense because the Devastation of the war would cause the Federation into far murkier waters than their ideals, and with that in mind, you can see why they'd be happy to withdraw help to the Romulans at the earliest opportunity. It was quite devastating the lack of reference to this in season 1, but season 2 completely disregarded this because they were so focused on the time travel plot. Now, with that in mind, This seems like a good plot for Season 3, to address the change in ideology of the Federation following the Dominion War. Number 7, where have the gang been? Now, The response to the news that almost the entire cast of The Next Generation will be returning for Season 3 was somewhere between warm and outright nerd hysteria, mostly because a lot of those names involved have felt very conspicuous by their absence. Season 1 saw us checking in with Riker, happily married in the middle of nowhere but still able to get his hands on 800 identical starships when needs be, Troy doing all the actual work in the aforementioned marriage, and Data cosplaying as Hugh Hefner's Force Ghost. But beyond that, the legacy of the next generation has been largely non-existent. Yes, yes, Guinan and Q were a core part of Season 2, but these are two characters who combined have had less screen time than Porthos. We've had clues though. Worf has regularly been pictured as the current captain of the Enterprise in several canon adjacent publications. And Geordie even got a mention in season one of Picard as having been overseeing the Utopia Planitia during the Romulan evacuation, but nothing substantial. And quite what old Beverly thinks of Jean-Luc finally settling down with a spacewoman 20 years his junior remains to be seen. Number six, status of Benjamin Sisko or Catherine Janeway. Jean-Luc Picard is the iconic captain of the 24th century, but he's hardly the only one that fans have been familiar with over the last few decades. Catherine Janeway and Benjamin Sisko both had their time in the limelight and faced some tough situations as well as distinguishing themselves as worthy Starfleet captains. As for Catherine Janeway, she guided the crew of the USS Voyager back from the Delta Quadrant decades ahead of schedule. She was eventually promoted to the position of Admiral by the time of Star Trek Nemesis and appearing in Star Trek Prodigy. Seven of Nine has mentioned her old captain had fought for her as Starfleet had refused to accept the X-Borg into their ranks, but this was met with a stern refusal. Benjamin Sisko was arguably one of the most notable people of the Dominion War. This was seen throughout Deep Space Nine as he safeguarded the Alpha Quadrant from various threats. He eventually fell into the Chasm Fiery Abyss of the Bajoran Fire Caves and was pulled into the Prophet's plane of existence. He gave a final farewell to his pregnant wife, Cassidy Yates, and promised he will return. Now, there was a mention of a General Cisco in the alternate timeline this season, which did lead to some speculation of a return. And with both of these captains playing such a pivotal role in the universe, it would be great to welcome them back into the fold and find out what adventures they've been up to in the intervening years.
0: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zeppound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That’s weightloss. Number 5:
1: Ruffy and Seven’s Arc. Ruffy and Seven, or Annika in the alternate timeline, had been two of the most troubled characters this season. Rafi, because she witnessed Elnor, practically a surrogate son to her, die before her very eyes. Annika had to deal with a large part of her trauma no longer existing before confronting a new version of the Borg in this new timeline. Now, in the audio drama Star Trek Picard No Man's Land, it was established that the pair got together in the intervening period between Season 1 and Season 2, after there were some teasers in Season 1, because Rafi had wanted Seven to be a little bit more vulnerable, which she finds quite difficult being a former Borg. Now both of them were thrown together in numerous scenes as they set out to locate the diverging point in the timeline and then having to rescue and subdue various members of the Larena. Their bickering was hilarious as they had an air of playfulness amidst their unresolved relationship intimacy issues. The pair then proceeded to share a tender kiss in the season finale before they arrived back in the 25th century. Now whilst it was really nice to see this relationship acknowledged on screen, there has been some unresolved issues issues between the pair, and Season 3 would do well to develop this relationship further. Number 4, Captain Seven It seems there are two ways to become a captain in Starfleet. Firstly, there's the Will Riker way, which involves grinding your way through years of challenges at Starfleet Academy before graduating with your sights set firmly on a command of your own. You then move from posting to posting, repeatedly demonstrating qualities well above those of your fellow officers, before spending the better part of two decades actually refusing that last promotion. Finally, when your movie series is facing the axe, you make the jump to the big chair in one of the sexiest ships in the fleet. Well, that's one way. The Seven of Nine way is just to be knocking about the bridge when there's a crisis and to be appointed the position there on the spot. I mean, good for her. While it was a plot convenience that had a number of fans pulling their hair out, it does open up some interesting narrative avenues for the show, especially given that Season 2 would have benefited from more time being spent on the stargazer rather than just bookending the time travel story with visual set pieces around it. And with Seven in the big chair, you've got a lot to work with. Number three, new threat from the Transwarp hub. Now, the season premiere teased that the Borg had laid a trap for Starfleet by requesting membership into the Federation and for specifically requesting that Jean-Luc Picard join them on the new USS Stargazer. This was cut short by Q snapping the crew of the Lassi Renner back to 2024 amidst the self-destruct sequence initiated by Picard. When we returned to the scene in the season finale, it was discovered that the Borg were intending to seek Starfleet's help in containing the threat of the negative space wedgie. Once the explosion of energy had dispersed, the Borg Queen had explained that this had caused the creation of a new transwarp conduit, but nobody has any idea on what is on the other side of said conduit. The Borg were then granted provisional membership in the Federation to guard against any potential threats that emerged from the transwarp conduit. Considering that Gerati was clearly wary of potential threats from the transwarp conduit, the Borg might have had prior disastrous encounters with other conduits in the past. And with the fact that the USS Voyager was able to return from the Alpha Quadrant with the help of such a conduit, could this be a blessing or a curse from which bigger threats emerge? Number 2. Picard and Laris' relationship a large part of Star Trek Picard's second season is John Luke's inability to open up to people, and this is amplified by his dismissing of Laris's feelings towards him. As it turns out, a large part of this was due to unresolved guilt relating to his perceived role in his mother's suicide. Now, when Picard first encountered Talon in the past, he had excitedly referred to her as Laris, which clearly shows that he's clearly fond of his Romulan housekeeper. In fact, his fondness towards Talon grew when he discovered that she was in fact Romulan, as she could be related to Laris due to their striking physical resemblance. Q's final goodbye to Picard included a part where the former expressed his wish for the former captain of the USS Enterprise-D to not suffer the same fate to die alone. Picard in fact hugged Q goodbye right before returning to the present, which showcased progress from the normally stoic individual. Once back in his home, Picard found Laris packing for another new adventure. He then asked her to give him another chance. So could we see this develop into a relationship between the pair? Now, it would be quite an interesting relationship considering that tensions between the Romulans and the Federation are still very tense following the destruction of Romulus and the events of season 1 of Picard. Number 1. Kore becoming a supervisor Now, poor Kore has undergone a roller coaster of revelations throughout this season. Having led a solitary life due to her condition, she had discovered that her father, Adam Sung had been involved in various banned practices in the pursuit of his obsession with genetics experiments. This caused her an identity crisis when she discovered that she was a clone in a long series of experiments by her father. Kore eventually was helped by Q, supplying her with a cure for her condition, and this allowed her to seize the opportunity and flee from her father. Once out of her father's clutches, she set out to purge her father's research in order to prevent further such experiments. And this caught the attention of the Travelers, who sent Wesley Crusher to recruit Corray to join their ranks in dispatching Watchers and Supervisors to maintain the integrity of the timeline. Now that she has joined the ranks of the Travelers, there is a question as to her role within the Star Trek universe. Now if we go by Wesley Crusher's account, she could spend her time ensuring the proper flow of time from constant meddling from external influence. And with that in mind, we may well see her popping up in other instalments in the Star Trek franchise in the future
0: imagine the
2: softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time